Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel, staring at Marcus Parks. Hi, Ben. Oh, my God. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. How about you? I'm good. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Jeff Sessions is just as bad as we all knew he was going to be, but somehow worse. Definitely worse. Now he wants to go after an $8 billion industry. 29 states have uh, legalized recreational use of marijuana or medical use of marijuana. Mm -hmm. So we're over 50% of the states. They want an $8 billion industry. And then a party pooper in Jeff Sessions wants to come to town and impede on states' rights, which is something the conservatives and Republicans love to tout when they want to allow racial practice, uh, racist practices to con continue, but not when it comes to legalizing marijuana. Racist practices and Second Amendment things. Like, you know, just Rand like... Rand Paul attempting to get himself back in my good graces, but there's no way he's ever coming in because of his support for Roy Moore. If you supported Roy Moore, that theocrat, you're, there's nothing libertarian about you. You're done. But he does, he is calling, and some other people as well in the Republican Party are calling for Jeff Sessions to resign... Uh, from being attorney general because of this uh, policy that he wants to put in place when it comes to the federal government going in there and arresting people in states that have again legal marijuana. However, it looks like most of the um, the attorney or most of the uh, the officials in these states that have legal weed. They're not going to uh, take the federal guidelines and prosecute anyone. It doesn't seem that way, but it's a slippery slope, and it's a horrible precedent, and it's just bringing us backwards. Yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, now, out in uh, Colorado, the Republican senator out there, he's like, this is so horrible. It's ridiculously <laughs> like, stupid. You know, do you see how much money we're making with this? Crime it, is down. We're, be, yep, we're able to absolutely. fund education. We're able yep. to fund police. Like, they're able to fund so much through this. He's like, you have to be out of your mind to out take this your, away. Out of your absolute mind you i mean Jeff's is productivity down probably <laughs> who needs any productivity we're we're a computer bunch we sit on our duffs all day we use we know my people lost the people who like i can break the rock with another rock and i'm the smartest man in the tribe we've lost so now we have a computer people uh, and they, a little medical marijuana or a little recreational marijuana isn't going to hurt uh, the workforce one bit. It's interesting, $8 billion bucks, right? They want, basically, you make marijuana illegal again, you're giving that money back to the cartels. That's exactly who you're giving it to. That's where it's going to go. So they want to spend $8 billion, they want to take $8 billion out of the economy, and they want to spend $19 billion on this stupid frickin' border wall. It is totally counterintuitive and absolutely ridiculously stupid. I don't see how anyone can look at this administration right now and, and see that they're doing anything good at all. That well, they're even when they have something good, for example, we can talk about because the war on drugs, the war on marijuana ties right into immigration. Mm -hmm. And you know, in Jeff's 
Sessions' mind, uh, he he racializes pot in some ways, and he he sees it uh, as a uh, as a drug that he thinks is just slightly better than heroin, which is totally an insp- uh, insane. And of course, the irony is half of the people who use medical marijuana, they stop using all of these big pharmaceutical drugs altogether. Yeah, well, That's absolutely. how incredible this stuff is. I just, had a, I just got a text from my friend uh, Joy from high school. We just had a friend pass away yesterday. Uh, evidently, oh. she was uh, struggling with, uh, with, um, with addiction issues, and I don't know if that was what inevitably uh, led to her death, but uh, it would seem likely. Yeah, uh, you know, usually people in their mid thirties don't pass away, and it's just such an obvious conclusion: legalize marijuana, legalize recreational use of marijuana and medical, and the opioid epidemic. Sixty-four thousand people a year dying will be cut drastically. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's not it's not just something I agree with. It's something that's proven. It's proven. That's it. The, 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 for example, Washington, the governor of Washington, uh, he was against legalized marijuana until they passed it, and he's just like, as you just said, Scrooge McDuck in his life, swimming <laughs> in cash and realizing the data, as you said earlier as well, Marcus, high school uh, use of marijuana is actually down. Yes. I mean, once it's no longer the forbidden fruit, High school kids are just like, who cares? My mom does it. <laughs> you know, they're out. They're probably going out there living uh, clean lives just to be rebellious. Rebellious nowadays. Oh man, are we gonna have just a generation of uh, what, straight what, edgers? I what, hope not. What is the the name of the uh, kid from Family Ties? Michael J. Fox's character, what, the young Republican. Was he a young Republican? That was his whole thing. That he was a clean young Republican. Well, he was I a guarantee, eighties kid. I guarantee you, he's for medical marijuana now. <laughs> Michael J. Fox, a good advocate for medical marijuana, obviously someone who suffers from Parkinson's disease. Another great uh, case, another great example of how marijuana can help, specifically with seizures, and we know all of that. Yeah, stuff. I mean, we're probably—I'm sure we're preaching to the choir when we're, uh, oh, yeah. you know, talking to our audience on this. When we all know this, this uh, this seems like such a foregone conclusion to us. But it's just so strange that in this day and age, it, that it's not a foregone conclusion right. to so many people. That people like you look. I look at how Jeff Sessions sees weed and. Mm. It is. I, I can't fathom it. I, I can't. I can't wrap my head around what right. he sees. The only thing that I can see uh, is the money that's made in both alcohol and prisons. Yep. You know, you, you have alcohol, you have prisons, and as we mentioned earlier, big pharma, pharmaceuticals. They exactly. do not want weed legal because it's cutting into their bottom line. All I see is money uh, and millions of dollars they give. Millions yeah. at OpenSecrets.org or .com, whatever. Open Secrets. Just go to that website. It's fascinating. It's all money. It's uh, all it, money. It, it all shocking comes news. Able <laughs> can stop at bringing shocking news. It's it's all money. Shocking news. The Trump administration <laughs> is all about money. They all are. They all yeah. are. I mean, that's the thing when you run yep. a government like a business. I mean, business is ruthless. Business is cutthroat. And yeah, they're going to be making a lot of money. They're just doing it in the most evil way possible. We're going to get into a little bit about Donald Trump's work ethic a little bit later <laughs> on in the show. Someone leaked his daily routine. He likes to snoo- He likes. He. I thought he was going to. I honestly am surprised how lazy he is. Yeah. I'm actually surprised. I'm actually the surprised. The one thing as that well. I gave him credit for in 2016, I was like, the guy never stops. He goes, 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 but I guess he also has to nap. <laughs> and I, I just wasn't expecting the napping to be such a uh, such a character trademark. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, personally, I also don't like to start work until 11 a.m. Sure, but we're <laughs> podcasters. Yeah, when you're the but president. I also, but I also work until, like, 8 or 9. It goes 11 you know, like, to 6. <laughs> 11 to 6? It's unbelievable. 11 to 6, a 7-hour day? People working for 7.50 an hour, 16-hour days, and they just look at this president – 
who maybe they voted for, and that that to me has to be said. That is such a slap in the face if they believe to the it. hardcore, the, the hardcore working person. If they believe it, That's, if they believe, it. if they yeah, believe, sure. It. Uh, but going back just quickly, we got to talk about immigration, and also want to hit on this marijuana once again. What we have with Jeff Sessions, you were you were talking about how does Jeff Sessions view weed? Yeah, it, it's obvious that he views it with a different lens than we do. Uh, he sees it as this horrible. Uh, reefer madness uh, drugs, you know, and what we have here is, you know, it reminded me of uh, Philando Castile, the shooting there, obviously, in Minnesota. Uh, what was the name? I, I think it was uh, Geronimo uh, was the name of the uh, police officer that shot him, and he got off. Uh, what we had there was a combination of birth of a nation meets reefer madness because you remember he was he smelled marijuana in the car. He had his kid. Philando had the kid in the back seat, and the officer said, "Well, if he would smoke weed in front of his child, why wouldn't he shoot a police officer?" And it's that mental logic, that mental leap, that is a uh, that um, that that's the dangerous side effect of demonizing marijuana in such a way. I it mean, makes people think that someone who smokes a joint might also shoot a cop, which is absolutely insane. I mean, how many times have you uh, seen your dad drink a beer in front of you? You know, like yeah. it, it's the same type of shit. I mean, of course. Well, not too. I only saw my dad drink one time, and it was a it was a cooler. It was a wine cooler, <laughs> and it was uh, and it was uh, oh I forgot because I had a sip of it. My dad gave me a sip of uh-huh. it. Uh, it was great, yeah. <laughs> and in no way did that send me down a path towards. No way, you know, no. well, for the I'll... longest time, my favorite wine was watermelon. Mm, <laughs> you give me that Mad Dog Twenty Twenty. Remember Mad Dog Twenty Twenty? Yeah, dude. Of course, oh, I remember goodness. Mad Dog too. You remember Boone's Farm? Oh my God, we were the classiest couple, <laughs> classiest couple at the dance. You bring your Boone's Farm. I brought my Mad Dog Twenty Twenty. Inseparable. <laughs> Well, what I'm saying is that, yeah, you know, if your dad drinks a beer or two in front of you, your mom drinks a beer right. or two in front of you, a couple of glasses of wine, that's absolutely fine. Absolutely I mean, if fine. your dad's doing bong hits in front of you, that might be one thing. But none of that equals to shooting a cop. No. None of that no. equals to killing a cop. No. You know, none of that equals to that. It's this you old know, like, school narrative. Well, it's, you know, people assume that, you know, like, oh, my God, he took a hit of weed. Wow. When his child was within 30 feet of him. Right, 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 uh, right. It's not, you're not going to go fucking nuts. There's no difference between that no. and fucking having a couple of beers, which is what people have been doing in America and across the yeah. world for centuries, Forever. if not millennia. Ever since it was accidentally invented. <laughs> mm, the greatest accident. They say the Big Bang Theory can't be possible. Well, then explain beer to me. <laughs> then you explain how beer happened. Perfect series of events. Uh, I mean, don't fucking get your toilet roll hog leg out when the kid's around but you know <laughs> well you know cnn was funny on new year's did you see their their coverage of uh of the legal weed i saw this, the gas mask guy that yeah. was that was too much that was too that much. is not normal by the way <laughs> i know the audience knows this i'm sure but like normal weed culture is not like we're pulling out the gas mask it's 9 a.m it's 9 a.m on monday the, i used to do that in college my boy stash yeah. he was the drug dealer believe it or not his nickname was stash oh yeah a uh, great guy Super nice guy, uh, and he he got uh, he got me stoned with one of those things off of what was it's not sativa it's that really quick high it makes you oh, feel like you're hallucinating fucking salvia yeah Jesus yeah we I, t- I took some of that and I was like well you know what illegalize it we have to make this illegal forever uh, but that is not normal marijuana use no. the gas mask is for very special occasions yeah like new year's eve like new year's eve <laughs> i don't necessarily know if cnn should be putting it on camera i don't but think that's a whole other... uh, it's weird it's, you a, know. it's a weird thing to show yeah 
Yeah, I think it played in. I'm sure a lot of uh, people were just like, see, showed you. <laughs> see, they're, wear, they're wearing gas masks now. Look at how scary he looks. He does look, you he ma- look scary. Can you imagine him coming and picking up your kid from school? <laughs> just the coolest guy around. The coolest bus driver in town. Uh, I, I just don't know uh, how these – I mean, I think a lot of it is uh, what we're stuck with right now in our country is that we're stuck with a lot of people in government who refuse to evolve on anything. Uh, they, oh, yeah. They refuse big money to, interest. Yeah, they, they have big money. In, I mean, the big money interest is one thing, but even if they're not getting the big money, they have an opinion. They've had that opinion for 30 years, right. and they're not going to change from that opinion and we're because gonna, they see it as a – it's like they, it's this weird thing where they see it as like some sort of weakness to well, admit that they were wrong exactly yeah. exactly yeah absolutely that's that is it's so hard for people to admit that they're wrong mm. and if you're jeff especially Sessions, americans especially, we're well, real bad about admitting we're wrong uh the russians aren't exactly good at it <laughs> uh or the chinese um but you know we are a stubborn people we yes. are a stubborn culture that is very true jeff sessions yeah he would have to basically renege on every single thing that his uh that he stood for when it comes to drug policy if he uh, if he did start to allow recreational marijuana use, I mean, obviously it is allowed. And again, he's just it's just a dangerous precedent to be setting. It's a, it's a dangerous um, tone to be setting. I don't think rec- the industry is not going anywhere. No, it's fine. It, it is here, but it is dangerous and it's um, just stupid to have an attorney general who wants to threaten states' rights when it comes to legalizing marijuana. I just don't know. I, I just can't remember. I mean, it, it feels like we're in a, a time it's almost like the, as far as like curtailing freedoms go, uh, it feels like it's the Patriot Act all over again. Mm. You know, it, it feels like there really is some sort of, assault, like just every day you look at more, th- like net neutrality is an assault yep. on freedom. All this shit with Jeff Sessions, this is an assault on freedom. Fight. You know, the shit that, you know, when uh, Donald Trump starts saying that he wants to loosen up libel laws, uh, uh, well, in response to the book that was released, which I'm sure we're going to be talking Michael about. Michael Wolf's book, Fire and Fury, Donald Trump actually, um, his lawyers sent out a cease and desist letter yes, to his is, author that, of a book. Let that sit in. Yeah, that is an assault on fr- freedom of speech. Amendment. I of mean, that, that is an assault on uh, possibly America's most treasured freedom. Even if 99% of this book is bullshit. Yeah. It does not matter. It doesn't matter. You have to. It, it, you, you roll with, has your right. You roll with the punches, man. Absolutely. Uh, so let's just go back and we'll talk about fire and fury here. I want to read some excerpts. And there are some criticisms of this guy, Michael Wolf. Of course. Of course. He is a um he is an extravagant storyteller. Mm-hmm. And I think that he in in you know, the ends justify the means. There is definitely sort of that happening here as well. And in order to get to the ends, I think he does take uh, some liberties with the truth. But there's also just such great content in, uh, <laughs> in the excerpts and uh, from what I've heard of the book, uh, which I will be reading. I ordered it on Amazon. Ooh, so, so you're going to get it in what, three or four weeks? I don't know when it comes. Yeah. When, when does it come? They, well, they, Are they quick or slow? Uh, it's going to be so. Well, they have to. They sold out of the first printing almost immediately. Mm. So they have to reprint the whole guy. They have to reprint it. Donald uh, Trump did this guy some great favors tweeting about it. My great favors. God, he did the best. It's like favors. the reverse of Oprah's book club. Because if <laughs> Oprah likes it, everyone's like, "I better buy it." And they're like, if "Donald Trump hates it." They're like, "I better buy it." <laughs> I gotta get it now. If Donald Trump doesn't like it, it must be good. Yeah. So exactly. we'll, we'll get in some uh, get into some excerpts of fire and fury inside the Trump White House here in a second. But just going back to immigration for a second, uh, Donald Trump and the Republicans and the Democrats they do have a lot of areas of agreement when it comes to immigration. 
DACA has to get done, that has to pass through Congress, that has to go through the House and the Senate, it has to become law. That's bipartisan. There was a lot of support for DACA, even on the right. There was a Republican out of Florida who met, uh, as a matter of fact, after um, the executive order was rescinded by Donald Trump, who basically put forward the exact same bill. Didn't uh, It didn't, um, at the time they were going through health care and it didn't really pick up the traction that it needed. That has to be done. I think the Democrats and a lot of rational Republicans want to support that. When it comes to merit-based immigration approach, as opposed to what we have now with the lottery system, Chuck Schumer, um, as a matter of fact, um, presented a bill that would take us to the merit-based approach. That is bipartisan. Everyone agrees. The lottery system is very weird. Yeah. We need a merit-based approach. But the poison pill that Donald Trump wants to put into any proposed legislation, again, is this $19 billion waste of money on a bunch of concrete on a southern border when we got bridges falling apart and roads full of potholes. That's where the concrete needs to go, not on some stupid wall. And uh, I had an argument on uh, on Fox with the with a woman. I, I, maybe she's with the Federalist. I don't know. But she was talking about how the wall is a symbolic gesture to his base. And I'm like, what's going on right now is already symbolic immigration is down uh when it comes to people uh, quite, a illegally, qu- quite a bit that's symbolic that's the symbolic wall <laughs> that's not even a tangible sy- <laughs> wall is the opposite of a symbolic wall and 19 billion dollars is real yeah 19 billion dollars is extremely <laughs> it why, nuts. why are we spending that much money to make his supporters feel better about exactly. themselves like why wh- who are these fucking children uh, who are these they people? don't want it the people on the border they don't want to look at a wall of course not they have a backyard well it's not yeah. heaven's domain i mean there's so many issues I mean, what are we gonna are we gonna destroy i mean it i mean they've already proved that national parks and you know the beauty of our nation part one of the things that makes america amazing and unique they've already proved they don't give a fuck about that and well, so you, that you're wall, referring to utah bears ears and that uh and I'm, that stuff. Yeah, I'm not just, I mean, there are plenty of other things that, you know, plenty of other like natural resource things that have gone to the wayside well, since the Trump administration. So, I mean, just for example, they're the opening oil. up yeah. every single coast to drilling now. Yeah, to, to like, drilling now. Everything. Like they just don't, they just don't give a fuck. They do not care. It's money at all costs. And of course, yeah. that wall is going to go through one of the most beautiful uh, natural sites that we have in this country. Big Bend National Park in Texas, mm. out in West Texas. I like the name. <laughs> it's a good name. Big Strong name. Bend. Oh, it's Big a- Bend. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Damn it. That's something I can't do. But yeah, that, that it's over there. It's in West Texas. It's a, a stark beauty. It's it's one of uh, the most beautiful parts of this entire country. Nothing like it in the world exists. Right. And this stupid fucking wall is going to go. Right through the middle of it. makes no sense. It makes no sense. So there are a lot of areas for compromise, and we just can't get any rational policies through because of stupid uh, pieces of legislation or stupid policies that are going to be slammed into pieces of legislation that are going to make it impossible to get bipartisan support for. And I understand the Democrats, maybe they could uh, compromise and say, fine, here's $19 billion for the wall over a 10-year period. Uh, maybe maybe that is in the best interest if it does come down to passing DACA. I'll think about that when it actually comes into the bill, because the 800,000 kids, that's who I'm most concerned about. Of course. And if, if the Republicans and Trump desperately want this stupid frickin' wall, 
It won't be done by the time he's out of office in 2020 because I don't believe the guy's going to get reelected. No. I, I don't believe it. Who knows what the heck happens? Who knows? But who knows? we'll see what happens here in the midterms in 2018. And we'll see what happens, uh, who runs. Uh, uh, Oprah's getting a lot of conversation right now, <laughs> which is fun because I love Oprah because she, she was very heavy and then she lost a lot of weight mm-hmm. and then she got heavy again mm-hmm. and then she lost weight. And she's like me. <laughs> she's just like me and she was in my home my entire life. Yeah. I used to watch Oprah with my mother almost every day because my mom didn't make me go to school. I like to watch Donahue. Donahue was good. <laughs> Donahue was good. And of course, Ricky Donahue Lake got. for a little while, but Ricky yeah. Lake kind of flamed out a little bit. Yeah, she did. And Sarah Je- uh, you know, Sally Jesse Raphael was also pretty good. She was very good. Yeah. <laughs> she was very good, and then Geraldo was just like, nah. Nah. nah, I didn't like Geraldo. I was a Don, I was, I was a Donahue kid yeah. all the way. I understand what you're coming. From. I understand where you're coming from with that. That's very, that's a, that's a good call. That's a very good call. Uh, but yes, so who knows what'll uh, happen there when it comes to immigration? But hopefully, we can get DACA solved. Get that in. It, it is all. And I, you know, I, of course, I was on uh, headline news, HLN. And Fox 2, I was talking about this. Um, when it comes to the kids doing everything right, and a lot of people are like, they didn't do everything right. They're here illegal. All this crap, okay? Uh, these were six-year-olds that came here. The average age was six years old, DACA, DACA recipients. They passed through so many hurdles. They were vetted. Mm-hmm. We talk about extreme vetting, whatever the hell that is. I don't know if they have to like listen to like you know hardcore music or something while they're trying to like re- recite the Constitution. I have no <laughs> idea what extreme vetting is, but DACA is it. Yeah. You, have to, you have to have a degree. You have to be employed. Uh, English. Uh, you know, it, there's so many different qualifications that you have to meet in order to become a DACA recipient. So that's what I mean when I say they did everything right. And the government was like, come out of the woodwork, sign up with us. And it's such a slap in the face to them when now they have all of the information they need to just go find them whenever they want. Yeah. So they're really in the crosshairs here because, as I said, they did everything right. And the government has all the info they need to just go scoop them up whenever. Yeah, and what's going to happen when they go scoop them up? I exactly. Mean, I mean, where the, do they go? Yeah, where? Well, not how only, much does that cost? Not only where do they go, like, but what are they going to do if they refuse to go? Are they going to fucking shoot them? Do we have Waco in every single suburban community? Eight hundred. Do we have eight hundred thousand Elian Gonzalez's? Right. But they're adults. Right. What do we have? What's going to happen? What's the fucking plan here? What's the plan? I mean, it, it sounds. It, it is something. And how much is you know? And if so I mean, again, stupid. if you want to play the Republicans' own game, how much is that going to cost? It's going to cost how, millions and millions of dollars. How much is it going to cost to round up eight hundred thousand people? Ugh. You know, and not only that, but this stupid fucking wall—nineteen billion dollars. What with the gigantic tax cuts we just got? What? Where's that money going to come from? Dude, it's, Where, who is going to, look, just, to, you I'm know. I'm so disappointed in all of this so-called, these limited government Republicans once again proving that they are not at all what they say they are. This is the worst of both worlds. We have a socially conservative government and fiscally irresponsible government. We yeah. have the worst possible <laughs> government. Fiscally spending out of our ass with $1.2 trillion or more going to be added because of this tax plan. Some good things in the tax plan. The S-corporations, that actually helps us a little bit. Yeah. And a lot of other people. There are some good things. I don't see yeah, why they had to lower the tax bracket for the uh, for the wealthiest, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah, but not being able to uh, deduct property and state taxes, they that's figure that fucking out. horrific. And that's why we have Cuomo here in New York suing. Uh, to try to see if they can't navigate the waters a little bit and try to find some loopholes into that. But, yeah, the fact that you can't deduct that screws over the blue states, helps out the red states once again. To the victors, go to the spoils, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, yes, you made that point on the last episode. 
Um, anyway, let's go on here. Uh, I believe we've covered uh, that enough. I think so. I think so. <laughs> I hope so. I, I really hope they figure out this DACA thing. Though. I know. It, it cannot be stressed enough. These kids don't deserve to be in the crosshairs of this partisan political nonsense. And, um, well, the, yeah, anyway, it, it's just going to be tough because the Democrats, they want to see what happens in 2018 here, obviously this year, with these midterms. If they can run on a strictly... Let's oppose, resist Donald Trump platform, and pick up seats in the House. Pick up the fifty-one forty-nine in the Senate. Mm. They can swing some, uh, you know, swing some uh, states. Who knows what'll happen? Maybe, maybe it'll have to be twenty nineteen before we get this stuff resolved. But it ain't fair to the people who did everything right to come into this country and who are participating in this country and making our economy uh, as strong as it is right now. And let's give some credit. There is some. The economy is doing good. Unemployment is very low. Okay, there's a lot of good things. Job growth has slowed. Uh, let's figure it. Well, it, has, uh, it is increasing uh, about the same amount as it was under Obama in his final year. Yeah. Because, of course, Obama came in. There was, it was a recession. Uh, in, you know. So, um, and Trump, so, and of course, you know, the, uh, the, the numbers that are in right now regarding the economy, they're not really uh, based upon Donald Trump's legislation. Perhaps the mood of the market has improved because Donald Trump has unshackled businesses to some degree. So, and of course, it is all an emotionally driven marketplace. So perhaps just he being there has caused the stock market to go up or the, uh, the markets to rise a little bit. But his tax plan hasn't been seen yet in the market. No. We, don't, we don't know what this stuff is going to actually do yet. We'll have to wait two, three, four years uh, down the road. And, of course, by 2027, all of those tax breaks for the middle class, I believe they're gone at that point. And we'll see what happens. Maybe they got to jack up prices or jack up taxes because um, – we will be in even more of a hole than our currently $18 trillion deficit. Well, that tends to be the pattern. Yes. It's yeah. small, it's small, um, small um, fixes for a much, much larger problem. We're, put, we're putting gum in the, in the holes of a sinking ship. Mm-hmm. Well, it tends to be Republicans coming in saying, let's do tax cuts, everybody. Come on, y'all. Let's get tax cuts. Well, they and only then made once one of those co- permanent. And then once it comes back around to uh, when a Democrat's in office, it's like, oh, shit, we need to fix this. Everything's kind of fucked up right now. Yep. We have to raise taxes. Don't forget. And then it just the cycle happens again and again and again. Don't forget, these people are not for, they are not budget hawks like they promised to be. There's just no one to turn to anymore except for Oprah. (laughs) That's it. All right, let's go on. Let's talk about this book, Fire and Fury. This is really, this guy isn't even verified on Twitter, by the way, (laughs) which is kind of my favorite thing about all of this. Michael, he might be verified now, but as of yesterday, he still wasn't verified. And I would love, I just love the idea of Donald Trump being so aggravated by someone who isn't verified on Twitter. Because in Trump land, that means a lot. <laughs> That's like his little world. Yeah. Dude, Trump, by the way, I'm extremely smart. I'm like very smart. I'm like, like a genius. very smart. I mean, and all it's the just, fucking, all the morons that love him, like all the people that think he's, they're like, he's just trolling. Man, he is the best <laughs> troll in the world. Look at him. It's like I literally you- watched Beavis and Butthead do America uh-huh. uh, like two days ago. They voted. They voted for Trump. <laughs> they would have voted for Trump. Yeah, By the way, Hank Hill is in do, uh, Beavis and Butthead Do America. Yeah, yeah. I totally forgot about his entire character in that. They arrest him. Are you talking? Wait, you're talking about Mr. Anderson? Mr. That's Hank Hill. Well, it's the same voice, but it's not Hank. It Hill. It looks like Hank Hill. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it, it, it is uh, totally. Who walks like a duck and looks and squawks <laughs> like a duck. It's Hank Hill. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, I mean, these guys, uh, they look at tweets like that and they just need to bend over backwards so much to think that he's some sort of. They call him the God Emperor. They uh, call him Daddy, yeah. which is what people well, called Richard Nixon, too. If you want to vomit, ugh. if you're on a diet and you want to like purge after you eat, which is not a healthy diet. <laughs> But just think it's an of eating disorder. Cr- that is an eating disorder. We do not, we do not uh, support that here at the show. But daddy, oh. <laughs> daddy Trump, did you give me my tax cut? Oh, uh, they're all they're all such alphas, aren't they? <laughs> uh, all right. So this is an excerpt. Trump expected to lose the presidential race to Democrat Hillary Clinton. This is according to Michael Wolf, and had already planned to return to private life after the campaign was over. This is an excerpt from the book. He says one, and this has been disputed by a lot of just. So take all of this with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Did Donald Trump expect to lose? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, in, I, I, we really, I, I know, the, some the of the pictures, theory, the, some of the pictures of him immediately after him stunned. finding out that, like he, he looks very unhappy. He looks extremely unhappy. I think he was, he wasn't expecting to win. No. Did he want to lose? I don't know. <sighs> but was he expecting to win? I don't think so. I, I think if he had his druthers, he was leaning more towards I want to be a TV star again. Well, we were talking about this, uh, you know, in 2016 during the election or during the uh, during the campaigns. He was working closely with Roger Ailes, obviously bringing in Bannon from Breitbart towards the end. He wanted to go into the industry of yeah. media. He wanted to go into television news. Well, he already—that's so, obviously his obsession. Yeah, he already was a TV star. I mean, right, that, exactly. that's all that's his he, world. That's all he was up until he won the presidency. All he was was a TV star. You know, CNN. That's what he was on CNN. That's what he was on on Fox News when they would play his entire speeches. He was a TV star. He may not have getting, been getting paid for those spots, but he was still a TV star well, that entire time. And then when he won, it's like, oh fuck. You know, I'm not a TV star anymore. I'm a politician. You say he wasn't getting paid for all of that in 2016. He was. He got $2 billion. That's what they estimate. $2 billion in free money, in free marketing. Mm. That's how many times he was on television. Jesus. They all thought they were making this guy implode, but it turns out people, they were just loving it. Yeah. They were just, it was the, it's the golden corral of presidencies where it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's shit, but there's a lot of it. I like it. Golden Corral, by the way, not a diss on Golden Corral. We all respect the Golden. I don't think I don't respect Golden Corral. It's got a chocolate fountain. <laughs> Are you? Did I'll, you? I'll did you walk? I'm a furs man. All right. <laughs> okay. So this is an excerpt. He says uh, again, going back to Trump, thinking he would lose. He says, "Quote from the book: Once he lost, Trump w- Trump would be both insanely famous and a martyr to crooked Hillary. His daughter Ivanka and son-in-law Jared be- would be international celebrities. Steve Bannon would be the de facto head of the Tea Party movement. Kellyanne Conway would be a cable news star. Melania Trump, who had been assured by her husband that he wouldn't become president, could return to uh, to luncheon." Losing would work out for everyone. Losing was winning. This uh, going to the Fourth Amendment, talking about how Donald Trump gets bored easily. Yeah. Number. This is actually kind of worrisome or problematic. Yes. When a president doesn't seem to be concerned for the Constitution, the thing he vowed to protect. One of Trump's earliest campaign aides tried to educate the candidate about the Constitution, and this is what the book says. Early in the, early in the campaign, Sam Numberg was sent to explain the Constitution to the candidate. 
Numberg says, I got as far as the Fourth Amendment before his finger is pulling down on his lip and his eyes are rolling back in his head. That's horrible. That's horrifying. Big if true. Yeah, big if true. That's horrifying. Let's. I'm going to read a fun one. Here's a fun one, and this is about Ryan's Priebus after the Access Hollywood tape. This is great. So mortifying was this development that when Ryan's Priebus, the RNC head, was called to New York from Washington for an emergency meeting at Trump Tower, he couldn't bring himself to leave Penn Station. Uh. It took two hours for the Trump team to coax him across town. Bro, said a desperate Bannon, cajoling Priebus on the phone, I may never see you again after today, but you gotta come to this building and you gotta walk through the front door. Priebus would have rather stayed in Penn Station <laughs> than go to Trump Tower. That's how toxic Donald Trump was after the Access Hollywood tape. For those that have never been to Penn Station... Don't unless you have to go. This is not like a it's not great, as bad as Port Authority. It's not as bad as Port Authority, but it's still not fun. I don't. I don't want to be there. It's not. <laughs> we're not shooting the terminal. No. I although when I was very broke, I used to go to Rudy's. Remember Rudy's? I in, remember uh, Rudy's. No, uh, Rubies. Uh, in, Rubies. Rudy's yes, has yes. the free hot dogs. Yeah, Rudy. Yes. Uh, Ruby's in Penn Station. They had huge, like forty ounce uh, Bud Lights, and there were two dollars and fifty cents, two dollars and seventy five cents, I think, uh, peak price. But uh, you did have to hang out with homeless people, oh, which is fine. Yep. I always enjoyed them, and they were warm, which I which I liked. I liked the people. I like people to be taken care of. But the cockroaches on the wall—that's what bothered <laughs> me. And they then also when you serve s- oysters there. They served. It was pizza, and uh, yes, I think there was seafood. <laughs> it was like pizza and seafood in Penn Station, and they would whenever the uh, the worker would carry like the meat through uh, the restaurant area and the restaurant area very loosely termed restaurant mm-hmm. area it was it was disgusting <laughs> you could see flies on it, it was, I mean of course the pizza was like a dollar fifty so I did eat there I'm talking about a place I frequented quite regularly uh, so I am I am just as disgusting as this venue but that is Penn Station in a nutshell full of pizza seafood places and very cheap beer. Reince Priebus wanted to stay there as long as possible. That's how bad it was for Trump. Tell you, Ben, you've grown over the years. Thank you so much, literally. (laughs) All right, so here we got another one. Uh, Trump did not like moving into the White House. The president and first lady sleep in separate bedrooms, and Trump prohibits White House housekeepers from picking up things he throws on the floor. This, I actually, not the uh, sleeping in separate bedrooms, he's like JFK. But JFK was, of course, having sex with, like, Marilyn Monroe, Mm -hmm. and Jackie was out there having sex with, like, uh, Lou Gehrig or Mm. whoever else was a celebrity of the time. Uh, That's why why they had separate rooms. Melania and Donald, Melania is just growing her hair out, trying to have someone climb through the window and rescue her. (laughs) She's just like Rapunzel, just like, please get me out of this hell castle that is the White House. And Donald Trump is busy watching television news and eating uh, chicken nuggets and dipping them in barbecue sauce and slamming fish fillets down his gullet. So there are two different reasons to have two different rooms. But, you know, it's humanizing, I suppose. I don't know. that it's. I mean, it's not a surprise. I thought we just knew. I thought it was a given at this point that they had two separate rooms. I mean, I know it's not it fact, sense. but, I mean, it, it seems to be a given. I, I mean, I don't think they have a, a loving relationship going like uh, Michelle and Barack or even oh, oh, Georgie and George, Laura. George you know? and Laura. Like they, they, loved, they still love each other to this yeah. day. You know, even Bill though and Hillary like each other better than Melania and Trump. <laughs> 
Uh, all right. So this is an excerpt from the book. Trump. Uh, this is after the election. Trump. Ret- obviously, Trump retreated to his own bedroom the first time since the Kennedy White House that a presidential couple had maintained separate rooms. In the first days, he ordered two television screens in addition to one already there and a lock on the door, precipitating a, bu- a brief standoff with the Secret Service, who insisted they have access to the room. He reprimanded the housekeeping staff for picking up his shirt from the floor. He says, quote, if my shirt is on the floor, it's because I want it on the floor. Uh, this is a 13-year-old. I know. What a child. Then if tr- Big if true. Uh, <laughs> then he imposed a new set of rules. This is exactly what I did when I, I swear to God, when I was adulting, 12 mm-hmm. years old, you put rules on your door, yeah. and your parents pretend to follow the rules of taking off their shoes or don't he, enter when I'm jerking off, please. Yeah. You know, things <laughs> like that. He's testing his boundaries, honey. Just let him do it. Exactly. <laughs> then he imposed a new set of rules. Nobody touch anything, especially not his toothbrush. He had a longtime fear of being poisoned one reason why he liked to eat at McDonald's. Nobody knew he was coming, and the food was safely pre-made. <laughs> also, he would let housekeeping know when he wanted his sheets done, and he would strip his own bed, which I actually liked that last part. Take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't mind the clothes on the floor. Uh, and really, the reason to have McDonald's, you talk about someone rationalizing their uh, horrible food habits by... Just being like, this is the safest way to do it. Good on him. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, I would go the Taco Bell route, <laughs> but that's a whole other thing. Well, here's what I think about this entire book. It's like, yes, of course a lot of this stuff is you know, fabrication or exaggeration. Yeah, sure. But the point is, is that there is a very real basis for all of this. It is all plausible. I mean, would you yeah. – I mean, it, there no other presidency in the history of America would any of this stuff, this ridiculous, be plausible right or even possible in any way whatsoever and the fact that it is the fact that we think like well maybe that's true the fact that there's a doubt in our mind mm. that it's true like if you told me barack obama spent all of his time in bed eating che- cheeseburgers i'd tell you you're out of your fucking mind it just doesn't look like he would yeah he yeah. just He's yeah shape yeah but with you know donald trump and what we know from donald trump from what he said yeah. over the years from the behavior he's exhibited we can look at all this and say like well and even, Maybe. yep, exactly. And in this world that Donald Trump is helping to create this idea, this post truth world that we live in, the fake news go- awards, what the fuck is this about? Right. That's that gives carte blanche and it gives uh, a lot of uh, leverage to people like Michael Wolf who maybe previously would just be laughed out of the building and say, well, that's a, just a hit job book. Who cares? But because of the world that Donald, because of the rules that Donald Trump has put in place, this now gets to live in an area of real news. Yeah. Despite the fact that, of course, as Marcus just said, the man was attempting and seemed like he succeeded at writing an entertaining book. Extremely is it all entertaining. Is it all factual? No. That's what we have to ask. Absolutely not. And also, this guy has a terrible reputation. Yes, he does. Like, <laughs> Apparently, he's a real scumbag. <laughs> he's a fucking awful person. Now, he has to, a terrible reputation uh, for telling that he he's not a trustworthy source at all. However, to uh, his credit, he did say he interviewed 200 people within the White House. Uh, he says he has uh, he has a lot of this stuff on tape. If he releases the tapes, yeah. then I will I will believe him. Sure. That, but that's the only way that I'm going to go ahead and say, look, this is true. Like, right. I'll, I can read this and say and make an opinion. It's like, well. 
that sounds like it's true. I kind of hope that's true. I hope that's not true. Like, sure. I, I hope the excerpt about him getting as far as the Fourth Amendment and, st- and not paying attention anymore, I hope that's not true. Well, let's continue on here. One of the other interesting things is uh, between Ivanka and, uh, and her man, they uh, have decided, Jared Kushner, of course, they decided that if any of them, if either of them run for president, it will indeed be Ivanka Trump. Mm. So it's possible Ivanka has her sights set on a higher office. And honestly, I would take her right now. <laughs> if we had to, I would honestly take, I would seriously take, take a 36-year-old a, fa- a, fashionista. A handbag designer. I love handbags. <laughs> I love them. Uh, Rupert Murdoch, he was stunned by his lack of understanding on the issue, specifically when it came to visas, the H-1B visa. This is according to the book. Murdoch suggested that he that taking a liberal approach to H-1B visas, which open America's doors to select immigrants, might be a might be hard to square with his promises to build a wall and close the borders. But Trump seemed unconcerned, assuring Murdoch we'll figure it out. Which Murdoch responded by saying, "What a fucking idiot!" <laughs> <laughs> and really, uh, yes. And uh, and finally, we will just end with this. Obviously, oh my God, we didn't even get into the Bannon stuff. Yeah, we didn't. Of course, but, we didn't get into that. I mean, the Bannon stuff has kind of been talked about to death. But yes, it has. Well, I mean, one thing that I, uh, before we get to, and I know what you want to get to. Yeah, I love uh, this But the, the one thing I want to get to is uh, that, that people are talking about a lot is uh, when, I can't remember, I think it's Ailes talking to him about, it's like, you need a, a chief of staff that knows what they're doing. You right. need a real son of a bitch. And he says, well, what about John Boehner? And Trump supposedly said, who's that? Yeah, but, but he knew him. Yeah, he. I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's a, but to, to make a point about how people can uh, take whatever they want from this book, right? Um, you know, he obviously knew had has hung out with John Boehner uh, plenty of times. Yeah, like, yeah, of yeah, he's obviously been like he's given money to him. Like yeah. the, the, he's done shit with John Boehner. Uh, but other people, so some people say like, okay, well that's an example of why this book isn't true. But other people look at that and say that's an example of Trump because that Trump is losing his mind. That's an example of Trump not being able to remember shit that he's yeah. forgetting shit. So you can take. Whatever you want from this book, yeah, it's absolutely. very it's very open ended, and that's the problem with books like these. It is it is it is not supposed to be taken one hundred percent at face value. That's a great point, uh, and we really have to be careful. Going back before I read this final quote from Gary Cohn, who obviously is uh, the leader of uh, Donald Trump's Economic Council, uh, when it comes to Steve Bannon. I had a chance to talk about this. Steve Bannon is done. Yeah. First of all, he's calling him a sloppy Steve, Donald Trump, which is. <laughs> He needs to design garbage pail characters. <laughs> Not be president, but like Sloppy Steve is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, Steve Bannon, as uh, Mike Tyson was done after Douglas knocked him out, Alabama, the Roy Moore election, was the knockout to Steve Bannon. He'll never be the same. Donald Trump is actively trying to get him ousted from Breitbart. If Bannon does get ousted from Breitbart, that Sirius XM show, that's Breitbart. Yeah. That's not Bannon. And Steve Bannon... The executive producer of the Val Kilmer vehicle, the steam experiment, <laughs> is over with. Yeah. He's done with. His populist message has completely fallen apart because of his low morality and his complete ineptitude when it comes to uh, politics and being able to really uh, motivate people with positive messages as opposed to just being a negative um, uh, message. That the, the negative populist message that he has, I think, is beginning to wear. Yes. On individuals. And, uh, so I think he's gone. I think he's done. He calls himself a street fighter. He is not a street fighter. He's an elderly alcoholic who really 
stole Breitbart. After Andrew Breitbart died, it was never the website that it turned into with Andrew Breitbart. I think he had um, he had a righteous indignation about him, and he saw some injustices in the world. And I think that if Andrew was still alive, Breitbart would be much more rational. Yeah. It would never become a platform for the alt-right, or at the very least in the capacity that it is now. Probably would still disagree with a lot of it, but it would not be as horrible and as toxic as it is now. Yeah, well, it wouldn't, you, you wouldn't offensively, you know, you wouldn't be offended by yeah. Breitbart. You would disagree with it, you know, that's totally it's not fine. Even, it's too stupid. It's, it's, it's like, it's dumber than InfoWars. It's, yeah. it's tough to say. It's tough to say <laughs> which one is dumber. Anyway, finally, Gary Cohn, this is according to the book, he is the leader of the presidential, of the president's National Economic Council. Okay, this is, this is an excerpt. It's just my favorite one. He says, quote, it's worse than you can imagine. An idiot surrounded by clowns. Trump won't read anything, not one page. Memos, not the brief policy papers, nothing. He gets up halfway through meetings with world leaders because he's bored, and his staff is no better. Kushner is an entitled baby who knows nothing. Bannon is an arrogant prick who thinks he's smarter than he is. Trump is less a person than a collection of terrible traits. (laughs) No one will survive the first year but his family. I hate the work, but I feel I need to stay around because I'm the only person there with any clue of what he's doing. The reason so few jobs have been filled is that they only accept people who pass ridiculous purity tests, even for mid-level policymaking jobs where the people will never see the light of day. I am in a constant state of shock and horror. (laughs) So there it is. A couple of excerpts. And again, take it with a grain of salt, but it's an interesting book. There's there's so much more to get to, as always, but we will cover it on the next episode. One more thing, Marcus. Uh We've got to talk about Ivanka Trump. She (laughs) she blew it up when it comes to Donald (laughs) Trump and his hair. We've been wondering what's going on up top, and she broke it down. She treated her father with a degree of detachment, even irony, huh. going so far as to make fun of his comb over to others. Oh. She often described the mechanics behind it to friends. An absolutely clean pate, a contained <laughs> island after scalp reduction surgery, surrounded by a furry circle of oh. hair around the sides and front, from which all ends are drawn up to meet in the center and then swept back and secured by a stiffening spray. She also talks about how Donald Trump uses just for men. It's, he uses like the black just for men to turn uh-huh. your hair black but he's too impatient the longer it was left on the darker it got impatience resulted in trump's orange blonde <laughs> hair color i love it so much it's the only rational explanation i've heard for it yeah absolutely it's just it's just for men uh, not just for toddlers you have to be able to be mature enough to leave it in that's the whole point good enough uh, All right, everyone. Well, that's been this episode of Top Hat. We'll uh, keep on talking to you next week. Hail yourselves, everyone. Talk to you soon. Bye.